in three, two, one. Welcome back after such a long hiatus. Guys, it's Tyler. I'm Lauren. And it's Peter. And welcome to season 12. I have no idea what we're really going to be talking about this season. <laughs> Full transparency, because that's what we're all about. Transparency. <laughs> this guy pulled out the hiatus. Yeah. <laughs> It's been a little while, you know. Um, a, lot, a lot of things has happened since season eleven, and, and I guess recording today. Shit, I don't even remember the last time we recorded. Uh, it's been a little while, a couple months now. Yeah, we have. I was gonna say we haven't seen each other in a while, but that's not true. <laughs> we just haven't recorded. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's been a minute. You know, life kind of took over for a hot second. It's and been busy. It's busy. Holiday, holiday season. Holiday days. Yeah, mm. holidays. Yes. Yep. So, um, but you know, like I think you know, it's uh, we're ch- trying to you know start off the season kind of hot, uh, you know, with I think like one of the hottest topics going around right now, especially if you're a huge LinkedIn user, which I've kind of become <laughs> due to these climates, like economic climates. Um, so, yeah, we're gonna be talking a little bit about like you know like the whole layoff situation going on, especially if you're like in tech. You don't even gotta be big tech. You could be like startup or. You know, or not even in tech in general. I mean, like, it's just like the the world as it is right now. A lot of industries are, like, doing layoffs. And, like, Mm -hmm. you know, we're here to talk about, like, you know, from at least from personal experiences, you know, like, how do you bounce back, tips and tricks, things like that. Uh, What's the bleak outlook of, of, like, the economic crisis right now that we're going to be coming through and whatnot? And what do we see from, like... You know, because we're on the floor, you know, we're not like CEOs or nothing like that. You know, we're not investors. Uh, we're we're everyday workers just like y'all. So, um, you know, we're going to be uh, talking about what we see on our level. Cool. Cool. All righty. All right. All right. Starting off. Yeah, I got laid off. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, when did you get laid off, Tyler? Um. Yeah, so I got laid off in October. So as of recording, we're, we're kind of like tail end of November, right? So honestly, it felt like it's been a lot longer than it really has been. It's only been like about a month. It has felt a lot longer. Mm-hmm. It's only been, Yeah, it's been like a month and a half maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it felt like an eternity. And <laughs> I, I think it's because like, you know, the when, when your schedule just gets abru- like suddenly changed up, switched up on you, you know, you're, like, you're so used to like, you know, you had a routine, you wake up. You know, Monday through Friday, you know, I was like, oh, wake up, work out, coffee, start my day, you know, and that all changed like and w- within like a matter of a day. Right. Because like this stuff, oh, they, they just send you an email. You know, that's all you that's all you're going to get, you know, an email. And then it usually links you to a, like a Zoom call with everybody, uh, CEO, HR. Right. And it's like, you know, that and then they, you know, they break the news to you and you, you spend the rest of that day just figuring out like. Well, shit. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for yours is a little different because they did a mass, mass layoff on one Zoom call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they did. They did. So it it could come in waves. Different companies have different ways of doing it. But I I think from like from what I've seen, generally speaking, and like from talking to other people, it, it's pretty like it, it's it's pretty um how do, how do I say it? it's not like it's predictable, but. You can almost kind of feel it in the air, you know. Like you kind of like things kind of go quiet for a hot second, and you're just like, "This isn't, this isn't right. Something's off in the air." And like, as much as people try to like hide it, like it leaks. Like mm-hmm. stuff like this leaks out all the time. Like, you know, like once someone has an inkling of like, 
hey, we're, man, I think I heard we're going to be doing layoffs, right? Like, boom, company morale tanked. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't even have to like, no one has to truly know. It just has mm-hmm. to be speculation and company morale is just going to tank. And I think that kind of creates that like weird feeling in the air, you know, where it's like, man, like, I don't know what's going on. You know, people awfully quiet today, even when you're like remote, right? Like, it's kind of like, oh, People are awfully quiet. Not a lot of Slack messages going or, you know, channels are quiet, right? And then you kind of ponder that for like the weekend. And then generally speaking, uh, seems like everyone likes to do layoffs on Mondays. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, that, that just seems to be the trend. I, I, I think I've heard of like companies do, like announcing on like a Thursday or a Friday. But that just kind of sucks because you kind of go into the weekend like, well, shit, I don't have a job. Or I don't know, maybe that's even better. But I feel like they squeeze out, like, it almost feels like they squeeze out a work, uh, like a work week out of you before they, like, say, like, ah, oh, sorry, guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, on the other end of that, it's just, like, a lot of times it's just getting signatures and things processed. And sometimes hiring managers drag their feet. So mm-hmm. a lot of it's on them. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it like, I think I kind of... Speaking just from my experience of it, though, like I feel like I kind of got a little lucky mm. in a way. Like it's a it's a shitty situation. No one should have to go through a layoff. But um, I felt like just the timing of how like when I got laid off and stuff. Like honestly, it was better to get laid off earlier in like October than it is to get laid off now. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I kind of had like a head start before like the big companies laid off. Right, like Meta announced their layoffs, Amazon. Um, other, you know, big, well-known, established tech companies were laying off in mass, right? And it's not even just like, you know, my company was like 200-something strong, maybe 300. Mm-hmm. really depends if you want to add the international sector. Um, but we're talking about like these big companies, Meta, right? Like they had tens of thousands of employees, right? And so like a fractional 10% layoff was like also like 11,000 people. You know, like that's eleven thousand like people with Meta on the resume that is going to be highly desirable coming into this workforce, and you know, like there's not enough openings for the amount of people flooding the gates with like, you know, trying to find, land, pick up and land back on their feet. So um, I kind of was lucky enough to have a head start, landing something again, and then you know, observing it more from like a more, you know, comfortable position mm-hmm. um but yeah definitely can feel like it sucks to get laid off like this week last week you know oh yeah i mean for sure q4 is always the hardest time to look for a job and or hire especially coming into november um i mean u.s holidays you have thanksgiving you have christmas you have all the other stuff people are going to be out of office interviews aren't going to be in and even if you pull through all the interviews you're probably not going to start till next year so yeah. you're kind of going to the holidays and the festivities mm-hmm you know, jobless, which sucks, right? Like, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely just a hard time. Bay Area, specifically, mostly in tech. Everyone's mm-hmm. doing big layoffs. Obviously, a lot of times you can kind of see it coming. Um, a lot of, it, it, you see a lot now just because during COVID, people really hired like a fuck ton of people. Yeah. So a lot of these big tech companies hired a bunch of big, not a bunch of big people, but just a bunch of people for like big projects. Yeah. And it turns out like these projects might not be you know still in effect or something um example like meta you know metaverse and stuff like that i mean i bet they hire like a ton of people invested so much money and now it's like what you know Mm -hmm. 
no one talks about crypto anymore, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> that's just me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Twitter oh, situation's a little different, but you know, <laughs> um, yeah, Twitter is a whole different yeah. can of worms. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but what you're saying is exactly right, right? Because like, I felt like a lot of company hypergrowth, um, and really added a lot more headcount than they needed to. Well, I mean. It's hard to say if they needed to, right? Because, like, looking now, like, yeah, like, they added more than they needed to. But, like, when we were coming out of 2021, like, a lot of the tech sentiment was, like, we need to hypergrowth because, mm-hmm. like, we are coming out of this, like, curve because the pandemic is, like, quote-unquote ending, and we need to get the ball rolling. We need to be innovative. We need to, like, you know, boots on the ground. Like, everyone's going to be, like, hauling ass to try to make up for, like, the year or two years of maybe profit loss or, like, whatever it may be. Um, just to find out that we're coming into like probably the hottest recession of our, probably our lifetime mm-hmm. and you know, like whoop, slam on them brakes and you know, like what are we now we got to buckle down. Right. And so that huge roller coaster ride of what was 2021 coming into 2022 was like, you know, it's, I, I think we're like starting to feel the effects of it. Right. For the past couple months with all these layoffs. Mm-hmm. So it definitely sucks right now. And it's like, I think a lot of people are talking about like, is this like the, the end all be all for tech? Right. And I think that's, that's something that I've been hearing a lot of. And I feel like, um, you know, like I was, I was asked once in, in an interview about it. Um, and then I was like, mm, personally, I don't feel like this is the end all be all for tech. You know, like it, it's a shitty situation and it's a bad time. And it's, I feel even worse for the people that are just coming out of school and like trying to land a job and be entry level. Cause like now it's like you are, you are fighting for an entry level position with like senior associates or like leads or, you know, Mm -hmm. people that just need a job. And of course people are going to take advantage of that and hire someone clearly overqualified Mm -hmm. for that entry level position and pay them a lot less. So, you know, feel bad for, um, the, the newbies coming out and, um, you know, was hoping they, they probably had high hopes of trying to land a job and, you know, start their lives, but that's going to be stunted. <laughs> yeah. Especially for area. It's yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But even like, <clears throat> even like the hotbeds of like where a lot of tech workers move to, right? Like Austin, Phoenix, Vegas, like these, like, um, not just like these cities, but like a lot of these people in that, in that region or in that state, um, like, they are either moving out or trying to sell their homes again, right? Because, like, looking at, like, housing charts, it was, like, 60% of, of those folks are kind of, like, you know, like, those those markets um, have, like, a 60% drop of, like, home prices. Like, it's pretty astronomical in terms of, like, home prices. And these were, like, the hotbeds of, like, where, like, tech people were, like, on TikTok telling me, them, oh, you should move out of California and come over to Phoenix, Arizona, <laughs> All right, you know, stuff like that. And so everywhere that like tech has had an impact in the past couple of years has just been kind of like dwindling. Um, I don't really think that's a sign of like, oh, this is it. It's not like a, you know, like the 2000.com boom. Mm-hmm. I think it's just, you know, tech is taking a reset or like there's there's a lot more reevaluation of like, do we need to be paying these software engineers like 600K total comp? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you also got to think like if your company is in hardware or in SaaS in the yeah. past two years during COVID, your company's been operating at a loss. Yeah. And their thought process is they hire all these people to up these projects for once COVID ends, which, you know, 
mm-hmm. it's not ended, but like say now, right? Like when it's time, um, essentially they're still operating at a loss. And at this point they're just cutting, yeah. cutting costs where it is. It's better to lose 2 million this month versus like 3 million the next, mm-hmm. you know? So a lot, a lot of times that's kind of what happens. Um, I've kind of seen the trend of like companies uh, like mandating onsite employees again. Yeah. And most of the time it's not like they mandate it. It's like, you're going to weed out the people that won't yeah. come back and quit on their own. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like sneaky ways companies go about it. Very sneaky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've seen it like a lot of times, like even companies that not really necessarily a budget cut, but it's just like a mass amount of people just underperforming. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, we can just bu- bundle everything up and just call it a day. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, so. it's like now is not the time for per- like unproductive individuals to be mm-hmm. like, you know, burning the cash. Yeah. Especially like Q4, you're going into the next year evaluating your headcount, um, especially like if you're a-, a manager, director, VP or something, and you're like, I need this position. Obviously, you don't have the headcount for it yeah. um, and or the money unless you, you know, find a way. Yeah. And a lot of times finding the way is like, either promoting someone, you know, which is like wishful thinking or removing two to three employees that you don't necessarily mm-hmm. need and piling on the workload onto another person's promotion. Right. Yep. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, or in, uh, in, in tech terms, it's kind of getting leaner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> getting leaner. Oh man. I can't believe I, I, I've heard that term yeah. so many times. In the we we call months. it uh, promoting from within, promoting from within, <laughs> getting lean, uh, you know, stuff like that. We got to be more agile as a company. Um, say it, call it what it is. They mm-hmm. ain't want your ass there. Um, but I know like, you know, you and I have been talking a lot more about it just because, you know, we're in, we're in that space. But like, uh, you know, you know, Lauren's over there sitting kind of quiet, but you know. So. I have no idea what yeah. you're talking about. She's like about. fixing her lashes. It's <laughs> yeah. like going in her eye for the past 30 minutes. Yeah. But um, I think, I feel like, because uh, like, you know, still in the nonprofit space and stuff like that and overall sounds like it's been kind of like stable like what's what's going on in like that world that you feel like um do you feel like there is like an like a i guess an anxiety um just because like everything around you is like being laid off but you're like you're like you're still sitting okay like, like how's that feel for you like do you feel secure yeah um so i'm an accountant so i'm pretty secure mm. if they, they can't afford to lay me off basically so mm-hmm. I know I'll that talk your talk. <laughs> <laughs> they can't oh, afford to lay off anyone in the accounting team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I feel pretty secure in my job. I mean, I'm looking at other opportunities casually because I don't want to stay at this company anymore. But um, obviously, there's not a lot of, you know, no one's really hiring right now. And if they are, it's like, you know, you're kind of sketchy or you just don't want to work there. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so that's that's me. I, I'm kind of like more or less ignorant what's happening when it comes to all the tech stuff because I'm not involved in it. Yeah. And I know it does affect me in, in some ways, but I'm not really, because I'm not in that space, I don't pay attention to a lot of that. Mm-hmm. So I guess in the accounting world right now, it's fine. Interesting. As far as I know. Okay. So would you say that like uh, it, re- it really is role dependent? Like... I think I have I have certain opinions about certain roles that I feel like have been like scathing off, but it's been kind of tough because I feel like technical or not, I, I think I've seen people in any role get picked off. So it's like 
tough. It might be industry. Uh, mm. it, might just, it might just be based on the industry you're in. It, it's kind of like industry and profession too, because like if I were to say, like Lauren's an accountant, obviously I, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. you, um, how would you define your? Because um, you have a more techie role. Yeah, broad, a broader term, I, I, I would blanket myself in product. Product, yeah, product yeah. management. Yeah. Yeah, and then I'm in HR, so it's like, um, I, I what the trend I've been seeing in you know Silicon Valley tech companies especially is you know you have your traditional jobs you have your accounts you have your mm. GNA admins whatever and those are always going to be there at a company right like sales you know typical yeah. stuff but I've seen like a lot of these newer companies like sugarcoat these titles and make up these positions for like for like a hire because like what are you going to offer someone that has the choices of like Facebook or like Meta and like uh, Amazon and Microsoft in the Bay Area, right? Right. You're going to offer them a shiny title. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, like mm-hmm. everyone has a shiny title and it has a manager in it and they have no reports. Yeah. And then you have like 20 people in, in that position and they're not ready to manage. Mm-hmm. And usually that's kind of when the, the cuts happen, right? Because yeah. you're handing out all these, um, these shiny medals and it's like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. You can't do anything with these medals. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's a little bit safer in some professions than others, for sure. Um, just because, like, especially, like, project, program, manager, like, mm-hmm. they can be anything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, like, a tough spot. But also I know in HR side, it's, like, most of the time when you're doing a hiring freeze or a cut, like, a lot of, like, the talent team goes or recruiters and stuff. So, um, I mean, that's a more traditional job, but that's, like, kind of the ones that are, like, high turnover. Yeah, that's that's what I've seen happen a lot within the past, even like I would say since twenty twenty. Like yep. these past couple of years, I've seen so many um, you know, people in like talent act, people in uh, recruiting. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're they're kinda like the unfortunate first wave. Mm-hmm. Um like even so I was lucky enough to have staved off one layoff round of layoff at my previous company. Um, and I got hit by the second, but that first round, like, yeah, like it was, you know, talent act people got <clears throat> cut, certain marketers got cut. Oh, marketing gets cut pretty heavy depending marketing. on. Were there any finance people that got cut? Uh, no, no, it's pretty rare mm-hmm. unless there's like, unless there's obvious bloat in right. that department. That's what I would figure. Finance mm-hmm. in, in tech from what I've seen is never really bloated. It's usually like they're all overworked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then during this time of the year, Definitely. it'd be like insane to cut someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For like accounting and finance, I usually see them cut either Q1 or Q2 of the next year just because like you got end of your clothes. Yeah. <laughs> and then so it's like, like you're going to add more why? work on yourself if you <laughs> let that person go. So yeah. 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 yeah but sucks. usually that department has always been more on the lean side because mm-hmm. it's like it really depends on the scale of the company. I think a lot of like tech, like startup companies generally very lean finance teams and they just have like one or two really like maybe a team of like four people max to kind of help like one person's probably an accountant one pro- one person's probably doing forecasting one person's probably doing like whatever budgetary stuff and like talking to like the ceo about like where we are with cash and like you know cfo stuff mm-hmm. um i figured if anything they would probably quit and they wouldn't even get more times than not like even if you're like a shitty accountant you're more likely to quit from being burnt out from all the work you have to do in yeah. a startup than to be let go. Sadly. Yeah, that's yeah. that's yeah. what I figured yeah. in at least startup culture. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. have a coworker who came from startup and then she moved to nonprofit. <laughs> I think finance with startups is like, 
I mean, th- this is just, I, I'm not, I wasn't in finance, but this is just me kind of like from observing from like a, um, you know, series B, you know, company to, uh, and through, at least through hyper growth in the past couple of years, it's like, what's tough about early day startup finance is the fact that there is a lot of spend going on either internally or externally and not a lot of paper trail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that, that is like okay. where most of the stress come, at least from my observation, a lot, I can see where a lot of stress comes from is because it's like, you know, money's coming in and out the door so quick, but because there's no, like maybe they didn't have like a SAS in place or maybe they didn't have like a, like a, like a, reimbursement procedure or like whatever it may be right or like maybe they're going through a couple different programs to do to like budget and like uh, track money that like early day accountants or like finance teams are just like where the fuck's all this money going to we can't keep track of that things go under the radar too much like um and you know come q4 when they have to do reports and stuff like that maybe numbers aren't in or are inaccurate and stuff like that so there's a lot of that kind of stress too sounds terrible (laughs) yeah but that's like super early day stuff Mm -hmm. um when things are just, you know. Yeah, but yeah. would you rather take that terrible life and more money? Is yeah, the but the terrible question. life, because so what's the point of having money, man? Like, money, sub, money hey, some of these accounting and finance people, they're, you know, I in the know. industry. I hear things about accounting and tech. I don't hear good things. So. Oh, no. They're funny people, though. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. They're very quirky people. Yeah. Very quirky. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> they are pretty funny. <laughs> I, I always liked my, like, the, really? the finance people I worked with. Yeah. Mine's are, used, yeah. Well, here's the thing. They're either, depending on what the accounting, accountants are, are, are quirky people. But the people that are like finance analyst people, you're oh, like, they're all you're different. like frat dude, Asian dudes. Oh, <laughs> oh, there's a lot of those. They're things. always like that. Yeah. It's always the, the, the frat Asian dude that's like an yeah. analyst or financial analyst. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, yes. It's very stereotypical. <laughs> but I, I thought it was just a stereotype yeah. until I. Engaged in conversations with them. That's funny. Yeah, a lot of Bayer Asians are, yeah, financial analysts. A lot of my old high school friends who are basically like we're frat boys. They're all financial analysts or business analysts. Well, it's, it's the guys that like didn't want to do like the traditional stuff, but and actually ended up just doing like the other more mainstream Asian degrees, yeah. which is like you know econ, true <laughs> finance, you know stuff like that. True. And then they're probably all part of like what's that business frat. Uh, AK's, uh, yeah, one one of those. Like yeah, they they're probably part they're of all, that. They're all they're all in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let's kind of pivot into like let's talk a little bit about job search, right? Because I I mean I think that's kind of what this is the value add into the, <laughs> into this episode, right? We can rant all about like what's going on about uh, outside of the world, but I think um, listeners might be very interested in like, well, you know, I'm laid off. What do I do now? How do I get back on my feet? And you know. There, there might be a point where some people think like, you know, oh, I got this, you know, X amount of years under the belt. And maybe they do. But, um, you know, I think everyone needs a little refresher on like what it's like to try to go through the application process all over again, especially in a time of, uh, you know, less jobs, more more applicants. That's yeah. always been tough. Um, having been through two rounds of this myself, <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got a pretty good grasp <laughs> of what it's like to... Um, you know, do things like stand out or um, how do you wing or like how do you, how do you, um, I guess, best interview, you know, things like that. Um, I'll start off with Mr. HR first because I feel like <laughs> you, well, you might I'm, have I'm, a, technically, I'm technically people's team. So people's like, <laughs> that's like the looser version of HR where, 
Oh, it's you, basically just HR, but we just curse a little bit more. Yeah, people ops. <laughs> yeah, you people uh, ops. No, nah, not people ops. That's a, that's a different category. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know how to say to stick out or anything like that. Just because like Q4, Q, it's really timing, to yeah. be honest. It's timing of the company, timing of the layoffs, timing of everything is kind of like when you get yourself in the door. Like you can apply to a company, but if it's bad timing, you might get lost in the the shuffle. Yeah. Like if you apply like mid freeze or like mid stall or like maybe we're reevaluating headcount or something like that, you're gonna get lost in mm-hmm. the shuffle for sure. And then unfortunately you're kind of just in a void at that point. Yeah. Um it sucks, but it's like if you like I'm speaking just for like the people that are maybe unemployed right now and or maybe passively searching or you know they kind of dislike their job and they're looking for something else um get out there don't be scared to talk to a recruiter maybe even an agency to get your feet wet um what you want to do is actually interview even if it's a job you don't like and it sucks because it's like you're wasting people's time but you don't want to get the interview at the place you actually want to work and then bomb that interview because you're like I haven't interviewed in like a year or two, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So practice on like the little shitter jobs mm-hmm. or maybe these recruiters that call you. Um, a lot of times LinkedIn, and Tyler mentioned he's on it a lot, um, is what like recruiters use, put the open work, put all that stuff. Maybe they'll reach out. Um, and even if they, you know, just, even if it's like a vague reach out, respond. You know, yeah. maybe they have something for you. Maybe they'll help you out some way. Um, and a, a part of the recruiter side of it is like, they get you in the door. Mm-hmm. They'll get your resume in front of the hiring manager versus going through the traditional way, applying, having it go through, you know, someone in TA and then having it forward or having it go directly to the manager yeah. where you're one in like 80 resumes that applied over the weekend. Yep. Like I would say, I would honestly say don't apply on weekends because mm. your, your resume will get lost. Um, they're not checking that thing first thing Monday. There's t- way too many things to do. Um, I would almost say like Wednesdays or Thursdays might be best. And then that way they can see it before the weekend or something like that. Um, and if you honestly, if you're on the job search, just ask for help. Like if you don't know what you're doing, you're not interviewing well, or you feel unconfident. Um, I know a lot of times people are like embarrassed to ask for help because it's like, oh, these people got jobs. These people got, you know, things like that but it's like you can definitely ask them like how to interview or how to resume review or anything like that you know like yeah. I, I think especially in the bay area we're so defined by our careers that you're almost embarrassed to ask for help with yeah. your career yeah yeah right I, I know there's been a lot of like stigma about like being laid off mm-hmm. like oh like i might it's like just because you got laid off like the stigma is like oh I think people that get laid off, they think everyone else outside around them thinks they are lesser just because they got laid off. It's like it had nothing to do with like your skill set or like who you are as a person. Well, it I don't want to. I don't want to go into that rabbit hole. But <laughs> yeah, you can. But it's like you know, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Under the you know, the notion that you were you know just laid off due budget cuts or something. Yeah. Exactly. Like chances are, you know, you were just you know a victim of a circumstance, and you know it had nothing to do with like like your your ability to to work or function um so there shouldn't be like a stigma especially now with like so many people like you know i there's just nothing to be ashamed of for one and then i think two is like yeah i think 
when I was talking to someone who like was also like recently like laid off and I, I think um, they were like, well, like, how'd you do it? Because like, you know, I, I, I did post on like LinkedIn about like, it's like, oh, like, you know, I led a new role, stuff like that. Um, had a conversation with another friend and, you know, basically I was at, um, I advised, I was like, you know, you just kind of have to, one, you can't be shy about it. Like, and you, you can't go in with an ego. You have to kind of go in with this like shotgun approach of like, um, it's like, Every every resume you send, you just hope you just put your best foot forward, you know, and don't be kind of like what you know Peter was saying is like don't be shy about asking for that help, you know, don't be shy about asking for that, you know, person that you saw on your on LinkedIn or like whatever that like, you know, they work for that company, ask them for a referral. Like, what's the worst that happens? They say no, and you send in a cold app. Like, mm-hmm. there's there's no harm in like re- like reaching out because this is the time where like you know. The folks, the common folk need to band together <laughs> and like, you know, help people get to places, you know, whether it's like, um, you know, I did put out like a, um, like a, I'm hashtag open to work post thing when I got laid off too. And, you know, so much opportunity came from that too. You know, I had previous directors, people that I've worked with before, people like third party companies, leadership in third party companies I've worked for before ton of people coming out saying like hey like you know whether or not they actually mean it or not you know take it for a grain of salt but like still ask them for help or like if they send out and tag you in certain posts like you know apply to those right because that that's like an extra degree of help that you're going to be getting and maybe that's putting you know your name in front of like a hiring manager um so there's there is a lot in terms of like the linkedin game which is like i know like not a lot of people like to play it um because it is energy consuming like you, it is networking at the end of the day on LinkedIn, like whether or not it's just like a, you tag someone in a post, like a post, you know, or like whatever it may be. But that's kind of what's going to give you that edge. You have to like co- go out there, use whatever edge you have in order to like really beat out the competition. Because we're talking about one job is going to have 500 applications. Easy, depending on the company. Um, and yeah, it's it's all about how do you how do you not get lost in the sauce when it comes to like, um, putting out your resume and stuff like that. So, um, I will say that I think like my new role, like the stars just fucking aligned. <laughs> yeah, you go back on your feet fast. It it was it, it was, was I was very fortunate. Is is what is what I've been saying. Um, but at the same time, did not come without any like. Uh, I had to be on top of my game. Was a thing. It's like, how do you be most prepared for when that opportunity comes, right? So, like, you know, same deal, like what Peter was saying, right? Like. You want to interview for those shitty companies or companies that you just like randomly. Um, not, I shouldn't say shitty companies. <laughs> companies that you didn't want to, you know, initially is not your first choice. Non-priority companies. Yes, there we go. Non-priority companies. Um, you know, interview anytime you get a chance to interview. It doesn't matter if it's a recruiter. doesn't matter if it's a hiring manager. You know, if they are like, hey, we would like to speak or like meet with you, just do it. Um, you never know what kind of practice you'll get from that, right? So... Kind of funny, I actually had an interview lined up before I got laid off. <laughs> it was one of those like casual applications, mm-hmm. right? But you know, I was like, cool, you know, like just in time. I mean, I didn't end up actually getting an offer from that job, but like still, like it, it gave me it gave me that practice. Cause I I can't imagine if if like I went in completely cold to that interview that um, you know, that I did do to get my current job. And I was just completely cold and had no idea what I was doing. I probably would not 
had have gotten that offer. Mm-hmm. You prepared you know? a lot for that interview too. I remember. I did. Um, again, it was all kind of. It was it was a combination of like luck and a combination of hard work because mm-hmm. like, yeah, I did again same thing about like asking for help. Right, I reached out to resources and I was like, hey, I got this like interview coming up. Like I had because my buddy referred me. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I got in. So I was uh, hugely an anomaly because I actually got into a company that was in hiring freeze. Um, and it just so happened that I applied for a role that was exempt. So, but that was like step number one, right? Like I asked my buddy and I was like, Hey, like, um, can I apply again? seems like two times the charm for me. Like I always get rejected the first time around, but, uh, asked my buddy, Hey, can you refer me again? Positions opened up. I'm pretty interested. And he was like, we're going through hiring freeze. Let me check. Oh, turned out things were good. Referred me. Right. So that was step number one. Step number two was like, okay, now I got that recruiter interview, you know, well, I had that practice from the other call, so I kind of like, you know, I did relatively well in the recruiter interview. So, um, you know, then it was on to like, okay, next steps, right? And then next steps, you know, it was pretty spelled out. I had to, you know, do panel, had to do one-on-ones um, with like directors and stuff like that. Um, and I think this is the part that most people fuck up on. Mm-hmm. Most people fuck up and they think, I have this in the bag. But like... When you're talking to people like directors, it, it, it's not like, because I think people come off the high of like, okay, I'm making it into next rounds. Like clearly I'm doing something right. Mm-hmm. But what's super important is you have to do that your due diligence and research on these people, like on these directors and on these managers, right? Like I looked them up on LinkedIn. I had, well, my buddy kind of like told me about like what they did in a way too. So like I had a little bit of like, you know, inside help. Um, wasn't much. It was just like a tree of like, who reported to who, but uh, mostly just like looking, doing your due diligence, researching who these people are. And really like, I think another super underrated thing is like the questions you ask. Like you can answer however you want to answer their questions, right? And a lot of times it's probably super generic stuff that like other people have said. But what makes you stand out is like, what, what kind of questions are you asking them? I wouldn't say it's underrated, but like, I mean, I'm, I haven't, I can't, well, I haven't interviewed as like a candidate in a while i've been on the other side of interviews a lot i wouldn't say asking questions is underrated i i almost say it's it's a must like if at the end the tail end we're like oh we have a little bit of time left leave the floor open if you have any questions and you're like oh no i think you answered most of my questions along the way it show it definitely to me it shows like lack of interest lack of prep and something like that so it's like prep something Mm -hmm. two to three questions whether it be generic um, a lot of times you can even ask about work culture. You can ask them what some examples that kind of show you care is like, you know, you can ask them what they like about the company or like, mm-hmm. um, how they enjoy it there. Uh, what makes them stay? Um, if it's a, if it's someone that's in interdepart in your department, like, you know, what, what would the day to day look like? You know, just simple stuff. It doesn't have to be like super thought out questions. Just yeah. don't come with nothing. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely. Like, basic, like, I think those questions are also good for like panels. Like, yeah. if you're talking to more than one person, it's good to ask those, like, you know, culture questions or like, um, you know, how does everyone work together? What's like, what's the best forms of communication? You know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you're, and this is something that I, I was kind of like trialing out and practicing. Um, Cause it was, okay, like another, this is kind of sidetracked but like 
one actually pretty good resource for like finding out how to do like interviews and like stuff like that and resume help is actually TikTok. <laughs> um, but take like, that with a grain of salt. Take, I've seen some of them and most of them are pretty bad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Take it with a grain of salt. But the, the, the grain of salt I did take away was like, um, you know, like people generally feel like they had a great interview if, um, and this is a huge if, but like um, if they're talking about themselves more than like, you know, the candidate is in a way. Because like you want to, an interview doesn't have to go one way, right? It can go both ways. Um, so that's the kind of like tactic that I kind of went into with this um, specific um, job was like when I had the one-on-ones, I, I, this is why I did so much research, right? Like I was like, who are these people? What did they do? How did they get here? Um, and I asked, I was actually genuinely interested in these people because they were like, you know, directors or like senior managers, right? And so like, I'm always curious how they got there. Um, so I asked very hyper-personalized questions. I was like, hey, I saw this. Um, you know, I saw that you were a X, Y, Z before. How do you take that and apply it to, you know, what you do now um, in your current role, right? And that like, when you have like one of those questions and it, and they literally say things like, no one has ever asked me that before. That to me is almost like a hook. It's like, hey, like this guy is like one either clearly very interested in my, myself or like, <laughs> um, or at the very least has the ability to critically think of like, you know, like certain like deep questions or like deep thinking skill sets. Um, so that to me has always been like a super good sign of like, oh, I like they're hooked. They, they at the very least will remember my name when like it comes to like maybe they have to discuss as a group on like who did well. It's like, well, you know, this Tyler guy asked me this great question, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. So um, I think that has been kind of like what's helped me a lot with these interviews. It's like I asked them some pretty like pretty interesting questions. Mm-hmm. Well, at least interesting to me. I don't know if other people ask them that. When um, I interview, I usually try to make it as natural as possible, like a conversation. Mm-hmm. Not like a question, answer, question, answer. Like you really have to listen to the interviewer so you're able to actually respond back to it. Because I know a lot of people that – don't do that mm-hmm. instead yeah. of like you know because if you don't listen to them then you can't really respond back with another question like a follow-up question you know so that's how i interview and that's how i felt like all my successful interviews were like yeah. i mean I, honestly on both ends of it like no one wants a q a like yeah. an interviewer yeah. can doesn't want a q a because it's just dry no one wants it and it's just like a waste of 30 to 45 minutes of everyone's time so yeah mm-hmm. like, definitely keep that. it conversational um and yeah yeah. yeah. Say keep it conversational. I, I guess we, we got kind of lucked out because we had a lot of interview practice in mm-hmm. college. Yeah. So it's like you kind of know what's <laughs> a good true. and bad interview. That is true. Yeah. 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 That's the one thing. Open ended questions. Yeah. A lot of yes. open ended questions, yeah. you know, questions you're willing to type out mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> constantly. What's your favorite color? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't ask that during an interview, you know? So I go, where are you from? What's your, what's your major? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Right, like, yeah, just just be as like uniquely yourself as possible, right? Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but I, I'd say don't don't brown nose too hard and try to be too <laughs> unique because yeah. it's it's a real turnoff. Yeah, like yeah, if yeah. you're like you know every part of that person's life. Yeah, and it's just like kind of weird, yeah, not work yeah. related. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, that. you know, I run we a decathlon like once a year. It's like, yeah, oh, shit. yeah wh- wh- why? How do you know that? <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. Right. Whatever they put on their LinkedIn is fair game. <laughs> yeah. LinkedIn's fair game. Yeah, yeah. Don't stalk them anymore. Don't stalk them. Yeah, yeah. yeah don't, don't go on their Facebook, Instagram, no, nothing no. like that. Don't do that. If you have someone on the inside, you can ask, you know, how they are personality wise, and you can cater the interview to it. But don't, yeah, not like personal stuff. That's so creepy. Yeah. Just imagine like someone, you're interviewing someone. <laughs> oh, you have like, a dog? Oh. What kind of dog? Oh, it's like, what? It's like, oh, no, no. I, what, I know what, what dog you got. So I found <laughs> out that your birthday is in this month and you're a Capricorn. Um, <laughs> and we are both Capricorns. And do you feel like Mercury retrograde has really affected Oh, oh my God. <laughs> you're like, oh, happy birthday. You had a birthday. <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel about the upcoming solstice? <laughs> As a Capricorn. Oh, no. How are days off? Does it match with the solstice? <laughs> what 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 are your healing crystals? Yeah. Oh, God. Healing crystals. Is there crystals. Uh, rock crystals in the break room? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to need a healing break. Yeah. By the way, in tech, is this is like super off topic, but it, are nap rooms like really a thing in tech? <laughs> there are some <laughs> rooms that are vacant. Not necessarily made for naps, but if it's vacant long enough, people will start napping. Yes. I was just curious. I think (laughs) Google had nap pods. I know. I know some of them are Facebook or something. And then you can set up pods areas for like break rooms. Um, That's nice. Unfortunately, a lot of times people try to take advantage of the like maternity rooms. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Because companies have those and like more times than not, you know, it's not in use. I I definitely have one of those and I was contemplating many times if I want to nap in there. Yeah. (laughs) No one's lactating right now. Yeah. So if no one's lactating, then it's like, <laughs> it's like mm. people treat it like fair game, even though it really yeah. isn't. Yeah. I will say that um, it really depends on the culture of the company. Because there's some companies that are like super like, take care of yourself. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Some of them are like, you can't nap even on your break. And I'm like, but why? It's my break. Yeah. So it's it's kind of funny where it's like, it's, it's super polarizing with tech where like, mm-hmm. I think some companies are like all about like the mental health and well-being of the employee. And the other ones are like, it's go time. I think it also just depends on like, you know, the where your company's at. Yeah. Like yeah. you probably shouldn't nap if you're in a series A or B company. Is that <laughs> like is that like starting? Yeah. Like, yeah, like startup, like, startup? Yeah. Yeah. That that's like uh, you know, there's probably like fifty, sixty yeah. people. Uh, that makes <laughs> and they're sense. All Everyone's like, like hustling and busy and yeah no if, every, if everyone around you is clearly working over forty hours a week, you probably shouldn't <laughs> nap in front of them. Yeah. That's probably a no-go. Um, <laughs> yes. Unless you're one of those people that work like 80 hours that week. And it's like, you know, everyone knows you're kind of working. Oh, putting yeah, in those hours. And yeah, true. maybe take a nap. <laughs> I think you deserve for, it. I think you yeah. it. You know, work-life balance, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. I was very off topic, but it was just something I wanted. No, I mean, a lot, a lot of times, like, when you look, I mean, on the, on the point of interviewing, look at the perks, you know. Yeah. That's true. See if the perks is worth the, the mental... The mental battle you'll be going through the next couple months and or years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would also highly advise looking into like, don't just look at like the. I mean, pay is important, um, but like, look at like the longevity of that company right now. Like, have they been doing good? Like, do actually, I would say at this point in time, usually I'd be like, you know, if you if if this was twenty eighteen and things were good and no one had any idea that pandemic was gonna happen, recessions were gonna happen, right? Like. I would say that, like, you know, it doesn't matter how shitty or how tough a company could be. Like, if you're just starting out, just go for it. And, you know, 
just do it for the experience, right? Year or two, head out to a different company, you know, and repeat. But now it's like, I'm, you know, I would say like actually do some pretty heavy research on that company and like see if that company is going to be like, you know, do do you think it's going to be successful? If so, then like, you know, stick by it. But if you feel like it's like one of those companies that like, Maybe they're just offering a product right now that just isn't really great for the market, you know, or maybe it's like, a, you know, a lot of SaaS companies are also kind of suffering right now. Right. And, um, you know, chances are that that company, they're they're looking at you as like, hey, we're bringing you on under these extreme circumstances and you better a have the skills that we need and work to the bone with us about it. Or like, you know, you, you might just get picked off again. So. You know, really do some research on like that company you're going to go into. Do you think it's going to be viable? What are they trying to do? Really learn about that role. I think now more than ever, it's super important to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, back then it's like, hey, if they paid you and you got a nice <laughs> title, then yeah. fuck it. <laughs> you know? But yeah, there's a lot more other circumstances now. Yeah, okay. with a startup, you definitely, uh, you're coming in to a lot of shit work. So if you're interviewing, cater your interview towards you're down for shit work because you're in for shit work. They're hiring you during a hiring freeze because they need someone to do shit work. Yeah. And everyone else is too good to do shit work. So <laughs> this, this is, this is where you, you know, stick, stick out. Yeah. Yeah. Be ready. Be a lot of times it's, <laughs> be humble. Uh, I talked to my PM friend a lot about it. And a lot of the times, like in his profession, it's like, he's not really going into a company for like, whatever all he cares about is money and a lot of times he explains it as like you know i'm coming in the toilet's clogged they don't have any tools and i i just show up and i'm supposed to fix it that's really it (laughs) and and that's kind of the mentality for like a lot of these tech people it's like you're coming in and you're just doing shit work yep and you get paid yep (laughs) especially in product yeah yeah product program project manager good luck to you (laughs) you're going in they're like there's an issue What's the issue? We don't know. You're supposed to fix it. <laughs> we don't know, but there is an issue. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not making money. Okay. So <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> so, Mr. Product Manager, <laughs> how do we uh, how do we fix this how issue? How do we make money? We yeah, Mr. Product Manager. Mr. Product Manager Man. <laughs> Thanks, dude. See you later. <laughs> Basically, it's like we hired you to make products to make us money. Yeah. But we're not making money, so. What so a happens? lot of times you see like product, project, program managers, or like contractors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. temporary toilet fixes. Oh. Uh. <laughs> that does happen pretty often. Yeah. Yep. But cool. Uh, we are coming up on a time on this one, so mm-hmm. I think you know we we covered a lot of grounds. We went from how we feel about the, you know, overall situation of the world with layoffs and stuff like that, pivoted into hopefully it was a value add in like you know resumes and what to do when you're on LinkedIn and interviewing, stuff like that. And um, yeah, I think that's all I had on my mind. Anyone else want to add any last minute thoughts? No, I guess the morals just have fun and have fun with the interviews and uh, (laughs) don't feel discouraged. That's true. I think, uh, yeah, shoot your shot is is what I'm going to say. You know, Um, don't be, don't feel like you are too good for anything. Yeah. Be humble. Be humble. Stay humble. Also, if you're hiring accountants, let me know. In <laughs> revenue or cash. <laughs> She's ready for shit work. I'm ready for shit work. <laughs> I'm ready to leave the nonprofit industry. <laughs> hey, yo. But cool. All right, y'all. Till next time. See y'all later. Bye. Toodles. <laughs>